off there. Keys um, just get pucks deep, you know, play the corners hard, see if good things will happen for us. Yep, we're back. Episode 14, we are just dishing it. I am your host, Benny, as always, joined by my my two lovely compadres in this endeavor, Mr. John Toots Tudor and our producer, Derek Hoskins. Derek, starting with you, pal. How's it going? Not bad. Busy week. A little thrown off with the Memorial Day, but, you know, oh, yeah, had a nice long week. weekend, you know, enjoying enjoying the lake life, even though it was a little cold here, but no complaints. Love it. Toots? Great start to the short week yesterday um had the privilege of heading downtown last night so for everyone that may not know toronto blue jays are playing their home games for the time being down here in buffalo at their triple a affiliate stadium so got to watch the uh blue jays take on the marlins uh last night first in-person sporting event i've been to since I think a Penguins game in Pittsburgh, like February 2020. So, Damn. great, great to be in a crowd again, have some beers at a uh, a live sports game, and watching Vlad Guerrero hit a three run bomb was real nice. So, um, funny side note on that one as well. Um, I was trying to place a live bet, and you know how when it's like a really busy area, your texts don't always go through. So yeah. I texted my bookie, and I was like, "Hey, man, like." trying to get a live line on the Jays, like, what do you have? Like, internet's not really connecting. And my text wouldn't go through. So, like, 10 minutes later, I call him, and I'm <laughs> on the phone, and I'm like, yo, like, I'm trying to get, like, a live line on the Blue Jays right now, like, 100 bucks, like, blah, blah, blah. There's two runners on, and Vlad is walking to the plate. He is fumbling around looking at the live lines while he's on the phone with me. Vlad hits a three-run home run, and the line shifts to, like, minus 1,100 Blue Jays. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Uh, so, yeah, that was my Tuesday night, but it was great to be back in the stands. Uh, that's soul-crushing as a gambler. Soul-crushing. <laughs> but you, should, you live to fight another day with that $100, as they say. Yes, I did. But um, no, I don't want to waste any more time. This, again, we say special guests every time. We're going to continue to because they all are. Because why else would we have them on? Um, I've been trying to get this one for a while. He was in my original top, like, five to get on the show. Very excited about it. Please welcome Keyshawn Gervais. What's Keyshawn, up, what's Keyshawn, good, good Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. Stoked we could finally set this up. I know we've been trying for weeks, but really appreciate you taking the time. How's the uh, freshen of the offseason, though? How's it all been going so far? Uh, it was good. Got to get uh, got to get shortened seasoned in. Even though, uh, you know, like I said, it was shortened, but we had a lot of fun with the guys. Even if it was for three months, we soaked it all in. And uh, just getting back home, being able to relax a little bit, start working. Uh, you know, it's been fun so far, and uh, just about to start getting back into the gym grind. Nice, very good. Got to be hitting the gym hard in the off season, but. Oh, yeah. Did you find, you know, you mentioned the shortened season. Did you find that, was that on your guys, the boys' mind throughout, the, you know, the season start to finish? Did, did you find yourself personally thinking about that a lot? Or how was that for you? Um, I 
yeah, I was kind of like leading up to it. I was thinking about it a lot, you know, whether we play, whether we not. And then uh, when they announced that we'd finally get there and, you know, the season was starting, uh, I think a lot of guys were nothing but grateful just so we, uh, we knew that a lot of leagues weren't playing. We knew that, you know, we were fortunate enough to play the game in the Western League. So, uh, you know, we were honestly just happy to be there, happy to be with the guys. It was almost a year since our last game. And, you know, right from the get-go, uh, everything kind of started to click in the dressing room. And, you know, we, we had a lot of fun together. And, yeah, so I thought uh, it, it was definitely in the back of my mind, like, leading up to it. And, um, you know, I just – I didn't know what to think uh, about the shortened season until it happened. And, honestly, I, I couldn't have been happier with what happened. Obviously, would have liked a longer season, but I was just grateful we got to play. Absolutely. And um, looking at, you know, some of the stuff that happened here in the shortened season, um, obviously there's a ton of excitement built around it. Like you said, Western League got to play. Some of the other leagues were not as fortunate. Um, but I wanted to touch quick on something that I mentioned to you before the show here um, that you were pretty excited about. Um, I know shortened season, less opportunities, but you did get to your 10th fight in the Western League. Yeah, uh, was going was going through the uh, the hockeyfights.com page there, and um, you know, not not the biggest guy on the ice, but you are not shy at going after the big boys and uh, and throwing it around. You said you enjoyed that. When how'd that start? Yeah, so uh, I kind of grew up in a hockey family, and uh, my dad was kind of a fighter, and then he kind of passed not passed it on, but my brother sort of took over, and he fought in the SJ. So I grew up watching my brother fight in the Saskatchewan Junior League and you know I always wanted to know what it was like to get in my first fight and uh, I kind of I tried it out my first year as a 17 year old in the SJHL and ended up getting I think four or five fights in that year and uh, you know I started to enjoy it and uh, I played uh, I think it was one or two games didn't really go too too well in the preseason my first year with Portland so you know I said screw it third game I'm going to fight. And then the boys loved it. And uh, I wasn't really playing much my rookie year. Uh, I knew what I had to bring to the table. I knew I was an energy guy. So funny story, actually, the same uh, guy I fought in preseason. Uh, it was a Veterans Day game. So honor the vets. We had special jerseys. There's 10,000 people in the Moda Center where uh, the Trailblazers play. I think it was a 2-1 game for Vancouver in the second period. So I asked the guy, I was like, hey, you want to go? And he said, no, like, like, come on, man, we don't really get these shifts because he was a rookie too. I said, man, there's 10,000 there's 10, people in the building. Like, let's just, let's just do it. And it ended up being, I think it's now the 16th top-ranked fight in the hockeyfights.com for WHL. And that fight actually kind of kick-started, uh, like, how I started playing with Portland and how – uh, I kind of became known to the fans and I showed them what I could bring to the team. And we ended up tying up the game right after that fight and then won it in a six round shootout. So um, I guess, you know, when you fight in front of 10,000 people, it's uh, it, it gets the blood going and, you know, I started to enjoy it. That's that's got to be a whole new type of energy out there. right? I mean, obviously the adrenaline's pumping enough when you're out there chucking it with somebody, but 10,000 people. I mean, was that, 
do you do you feed off the crowd in that situation or does it, does it just get blocked out like i've never been in a fight on the ice i have no idea what yeah, that's so, even like uh when i go into the fight i kind of obviously i want to get the crowd going but uh when i kind of zero in and it's time to fight the guy i block everything out until the fight's over and um yeah so i just i try feed off the crowd i try to get them going as much as i can and Honestly, I want to say credit to Justin Lees, the guy I fought. He was, uh, I think he was 15 when I fought him in the preseason. Then I think he just turned 16 when I fought him. And uh, he's in his 17-year-old year this year. And I told him after our second fight that he was going to be, you know, one of the heavyweights in the league. And he's uh, he's one tough guy. That's awesome. Shout out to him for getting that 16, <laughs> the top, cracking the top 20 on hockeyfights.com there. Yeah, no That's doubt. That's good stuff, man. Um, I know you touched on it with uh, your dad and your brother and stuff. What were what were some of the earliest introductions? I mean, you you've probably been around the game, been playing just as long as you can remember, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what was kind of the moment for you where you know maybe outside of the house of watching NHL or other junior leagues, but who were some of your like role models outside of the family that you looked up to? Um, I was a big Sidney Crosby fan growing up. Uh, you know, I lived on a reserve, so, you know, I kind of, there wasn't really much to do. You couldn't just go out into the city and you couldn't go to these like big bunches of places. And, you know, you really had, uh, you really had like video games and hockey. So I, yeah. I, I like to play, uh, a lot of, you know, hockey outside on our backyard rink growing up and, Watching my brother was a big influence because I'd always go to all of his games and, you know, I'd like to see him play and he'd be scoring lots of goals and it just kind of motivate me even more to play. So uh, once I got introduced to the game of hockey, it kind of took my life and, you know, I, I enjoyed it right from when I was set or right when I set foot on the ice as a young kid. And, um, you know, I really knew there wasn't much else I wanted to do in life than be a hockey player. I, I'd watch you know, Pavel Datsu, Crosby, Malkin videos growing up all the time. I'd watch the highlights on the TV every morning before school. So, um, you know, my family being a hockey family, we uh, we kind of, you know, embraced that. And, you know, once I had my goal set on being a pro hockey player, that's that's kind of what my life has been. Awesome. I mean, Derek's got some, some footage up here. What do we got? Is this the... I was Brendan Lee. I, got, um, I really, oh, really, really want to fight him again, like really bad. But, uh, <laughs> he, but yeah, I know. But he's, uh, I'm pretty sure everybody said he's a good guy. But if you really want to see a fight, there's uh, me and Nolan Jones. That one was a good one. But yeah, the Brendan Lee fight wasn't much of a fight. And then my buddy fought him this year. So uh, yeah, but this is uh, aside from the Lee's fight, Nolan Jones is uh one of my buddies, he's from Saskatchewan too. He's always one of the tougher guys uh, in Saskatchewan growing up. So I wanted to, you know, as we were older, see how I did. And, you know, we we kind of exchanged bombs for a bit. And, oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, so that was uh, that was in front of a pretty pretty good crowd too. Uh, I know Jonesy pretty well. We, we went to some camps together, played hockey against him my whole life growing up. And, you know, I just uh, – I respect the guy a lot. He's a funny dude and he's a great guy. So, uh, you know, it's, it's fun to fight some of your friends. We try and adapt each other up right there, but the rest. Probably yeah. Yeah. Either. I was just, just going to ask that. Yeah. So, 
He was uh, on his back with the the leg tap on you there. What a good sport. Yeah, I, I tried to do that with all Love the guys it. I fought. And yeah. You can see uh, Johnny Ludwig was already in the box there because he fought right before. So it was, a, it was a fun game for sure. So what's the – I guess one thing I've always wondered, and obviously you being, uh, you know, a Western League guy, you know, we hear a lot about – the differences in some of those major junior leagues, right? And the Western League's always known as kind of the toughest league, the most physical league. What is it about the West that just breeds that kind of physicality? Well, you start off in Manitoba, uh, farmers. <laughs> start out in my home province, Saskatchewan, you got the farmers. Alberta, you got some, uh, you got some gritty guys there too in BC. That's where a lot of the skill and a lot some guys are pretty gritty out there. So it's kind of a mix, but you know, a lot of the kind of the farm boys, but I, I say that as a joke, you just in Saskatchewan, um, when you grow up and I know this in Toba too, uh, you grow up trying to, you don't want to be pushed around and you, uh, you just, you want to be skillful, but you also want to protect yourself. So, you know, I think with a mixture of all of that, the Western League's a pretty competitive league, and you got a lot of guys who, who aren't afraid to drop the gloves, but can also score goals. Like, um, you know, guys like Reese Newkirk, Seth Jarvis, Jaden Duro, those guys can all score. They're all, you know, draft picks in the NHL. But I've seen all of them throw. Like, I've seen them all fight before, and they can hold their own. So, uh, I don't know what it is in the water out here in uh, Western Canada, but uh, a lot of guys seem to take their grittiness and their seriousness, uh, you know, a lot seriously. And when you have guys like, um, or sorry, when you have legends like, you know, Don Hame, Mike Johnson, who embrace that, especially Don, uh, you know, he's the most winningest coach in WHL history. And he's, uh, he's been there since, you know, the eighties, nineties, uh, the toughness back then. And he kind of tells us to play hard all the time, go in there, take a hit, make a hit, you know, so that's kind of, uh, taught through us even up at the major junior level so you know uh i don't know what it's like in the ohl i've heard some things but you know i know out west we uh we like to play hard and physical with some skill yeah, it's just old-time hockey in a way just sprinkled in with the modern style of the game with you know the elevated speed and skill it, yeah that's awesome that's and you even see that too i mean here in here in buffalo where we're at i mean the sabers you know, top draft pick. What was it last year? Year before was Dylan Cousins. Uh, yeah. Played played out in the West. I mean, one of the, one of the moments in the games uh, this year that Sabres fans were going nuts over because sorry boys, there wasn't a lot to go nuts over. Was Cousins just getting into it and firing the team up, getting into a fight? But he's also got the skill, like you were mentioning, Keyshawn, where he can yeah. he can score and uh, and create a lot of havoc in front of the net. And yeah, that's that's the type of player coming out of that league. Yeah, I, I don't know him personally. I've, I've you know, heard of him. But uh, from what I saw when we played Lethbridge, that guy, uh, and just knowing how Lethbridge plays, they're, they, they're an in-your-face kind of team from what I saw from the game we played against them last year. Uh, they're not afraid to get physical, too. They'll stand up for one another. And, you know, just seeing the skill he has mixed with that grit is going to make him a, you know, he's a big body, too. Uh, he's going to be a household name in Buffalo for from what you guys have seen in the future. Yeah, definitely excited about the workhorse from Whitehorse. But <laughs> that that nickname is that's incredible too. That's just, unreal. It's absolutely amazing. But uh, Keyshawn, I I know you know because you, you're an O one, correct? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I mean, 
what's kind of the outlook for you? What are some of your like short, long-term goals for your game? You know, what maybe some things you want to improve on, you know, future goals, anything like that, you know, especially I'm asking you because now we're in the off season. I'm sure you're evaluating and thinking about stuff like that too, right? Yeah. So I definitely want to get my, um, I want to bulk up a little bit. I'm at 160 right now. I want to try to get to, you know, 165, maybe even 170. And yeah, I just want to put a lot of muscle on. Uh, I want to get faster. Everybody always says that when they ask what they want to, what they want to improve on, but the game's getting quicker and you need to do things a lot faster. So that, and uh, just working on like uh, simple stuff like hockey IQ, little plays here in the off season on the ice, um, making quick plays. So um, yeah, just stuff like that. Um, I kind of want to be a beast in the gym this summer. And a lot of guys say that too, but I really want to take it seriously. And uh, like I said, yeah, I want to bulk up. I want to be uh, really bottom heavy on my feet so I don't get knocked off the puck and, uh, seeing guys like, you know, I, I'll bring his name up a few times, but uh, like Newkirk and Seth Jarvis, those guys, they took their uh, their leg strengthening a lot serious uh, or very serious last summer. And um, just seeing how guys tried to knock them off the puck and they really couldn't, this, it, it was unreal to me. So um, that's kind of my, that's my goal this summer. I want to get really bottom heavy and be really strong on the puck as well as, um, you know, just working on little, uh, skill stuff like out of the corner with uh, Don Hay. He he kind of helped us with that and just, yeah, little things. And I also was going to get into boxing this summer, but, uh, <laughs> you know, COVID. Uh, right. right. I'm, I'm a big MMA fan and boxing fan, so I I was going to get into that, but I guess I'm going to have to do that you know, in a, individually here in the off season. But, yeah, those are kind of my short-term goals. Uh to try make the winter Hawks. We have six or seven, uh, 20 year olds coming back. So, uh, you can only keep three. So hopefully I can, you know, crack one of the spots and, you know, show them a big impression at camp. Awesome, dude. Yeah, dude. That seems like, uh, I mean, obviously a great plan, but yeah, I always forget the situation in Canada with COVID still. I mean, that sucks. That would have been a nice, unique, I don't know if it's unique, but just a good way to kind of round off, you know, what you're trying to improve on, you know, work on the chucking it with the boxing and things like that. Cause you know, you're going to be hitting the gym hard and all that, but what's that kind of been like for you, for you to kind of see, you know, I mean, Canada just seems to be struggling getting things back open. Like how do you remain f focused on your goals and, and try to not let that get to you too much? Yeah. So I've only been here for uh, three weeks now. Uh, it's, we had, we didn't really have a bubble, but we couldn't really go out in public in Portland. So right in Saskatchewan, I think they said today that if 70% of people can get vaccinated or 70% of people 12 and over can get vaccinated up to 70. Yeah. Sorry. 70% of people <laughs> get vaccinated that are 12 and over. Uh, I think they said they'll start opening things up here in Sask, which will be huge. And but honestly, uh, I kind of I started working at the Days Inn here as a front desk, and I I was fortunate to get a job there because the uh, old team I played for here in Yorkton, the governor, he he runs the Days Inn. He gives guys who played their jobs and everything. So nice. kind of doing that as a summer job. I'll wake up at seven, 
do, uh, or sorry, I'll wake up around six 30, do work from seven to three. And then, um, you know, go to the gym when I start going and start up my training program with my trainer. And after that, honestly, I just play Warzone with my uh, four or my three close friends. And honestly, that's kind of what's been keeping me busy. And now I'll kind of be running my clothing line a little bit. Uh, not as huge as last summer, but uh, just kind of something to do and something to also make some money. Absolutely, man. So, yeah. I mean, perfect segue into what I was going to get to, but we can bounce around open format on this show. That's what we do. Hey, exactly. What's talk about uh, Teddy Wear, man, the everything, the story of like how it started, the idea, what it means, goals for it. Give everybody the rundown. The floor is yours, dude. All right. So Teddy Wear, I, uh, it originally started out as Project 16. Um I was in Portland. I always wanted to have my own clothing line. I was always into fashion growing up. I was making like custom hats at 12, 13, little, I wanted to be the next gong show, whatever, when I was about 13. And, uh, last year I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start up my own clothing line. And then one of my best friends and line mates is like, Oh, I have a business idea. I can't tell the boys yet, but whatever. Uh, later on turned out he, he started up a outdoorsman kind of, clothing line which is booming um i love it it's called buck tough so shout out to buck tough mason manic and i i said you know what screw it about a month or two later i started up what was called project 16 then uh, i kind of wanted more of like a fitting ish name so i came up with teddy wear kind of like teddy bear and uh with teddy wear you can you know it's comfortable everybody had a teddy bear or most kids had a teddy bear growing up and they sleep with it to find comfort and with me I want you to be comfortable wearing my clothes both uh physically and mentally because it's, it is for mental health and I try to donate as much as I can to mental health but you know I I don't know how much five maybe six hundred last year I donated but uh at first it was I didn't expect it to take off like it did so it definitely became you know a lot to handle so last summer, I kind of had to take a break from it to, you know, focus on hockey, keep my mental health in order. And this summer, I'm going to try to do as much as I can to, you know, promote the Indigenous youth because, you know, with the whole 215 kids found, I kind of want to promote that and everything like that. So I want to do as much as I can with, uh, you know, mental health as, as I can. But, you know, I, I can only do so much. And I learned that last summer that if I – sort of overwhelm myself i can kind of put myself in a bad mental state so my uh yeah my goal with teddy wear is to try to sell locally then maybe start going out to the world again then you know see where it goes from there but yeah i i just enjoy making the clothes uh you know putting a smile on people's face it's an unreal feeling when people say uh or they text me saying they've seen somebody with my hoodie so the demand's pretty big and you know, I can only do so much because last summer I kind of put a lot of focus into teddy wear and not as much into hockey. And, you know, my, my main goal this summer is to put a lot of focus into my game as well as have this kind of on the side. But uh, I'm looking forward to the summer. I'm probably going to whip up a few new designs. I just took some pictures of the new hoodies I made for the boys down in Portland that I'm going to be releasing a few out here. So uh, I can't wait for the summer. It's pretty um, – I'm excited. Hell yeah. I love it. Love, love a good apparel story. Yeah. The, uh, 
Tudes, were you going to ask something? I couldn't tell if I interrupted you. No, I mean, I, I just think it's, I think it's incredible. Um, I mean, first off, focusing on, you know, your mental health is absolutely huge, making sure that you're taking care of yourself. So glad to hear you're doing that. But just the fact that you've got clothing with a cause behind it too, um, absolutely incredible. I know all of us here, um, you know, affiliated with Justition in any way, love hearing stories like that and obviously love supporting and, and getting involved in any any brands like yours because, you know, doing great things out there. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, it's another thing too where it's someone, we were talked earlier, you're in 01. Like, in a way, you, you're thinking about it from the good cause perspective. You enjoy making the clothing and stuff, but, you know, at some point the playing career is going to come to an end. This is something that you can jump right into if, if that's yeah. right. You know what I mean? Like it's another passion of yours along like hockey is. And I think it's a fantastic idea. And it's something we always like to talk about with, you know, any athletes we work with, with the brand, like that's, this yeah. can last forever. Like it's, that's super, super dope and good on you, man, for especially such a young age, like, taking that on and just deciding to go for it. That's yeah. kudos, man. That's great. For sure. Thank you. And last year, me and my roommate uh, announced I was going like uh, worldwide with it, ship anywhere. I think we had about 60 sales in a day, 60 or 70. And that's when I was kind of like, okay, this is, this is starting to get big, but I, I need to slow down a little bit because it was starting to get to be a lot where, I'd literally have to, after a skate, rush off the ice, go help my buddy make hoodies, ship them out, make sure, you know, it, there's a lot that goes into it. And uh, next time I kind of go uh, global with it and everything, I'll, I'll kind of make sure to do it right. But now that I had my foot in the door and I know what it's like, I'm, I'm definitely excited for it. Yeah, and next time you go global, you'll definitely have some orders pouring in from Buffalo, New York. We can, oh, uh, for sure. we can tell, you, tell you that. But, um, yeah, I know uh, – you know, Benny, obviously uh, working with uh, Matt for a long time with Justition. I know, you know, seeing seeing those guys work as well. I mean, it's get exactly what you're saying. It's it's an absolute grind, and I think a lot of people look at things like apparel and you know the um, the crew neck you've got on there, or the T-shirt that I have on uh, from Justition. It's like they don't realize how much effort and time and energy really has to go into that when they place yeah. that order online, right? Like they think, oh, like it's just sending out some hoodies. But I mean, when you've got, you know, morning skates and workouts and everything like that, and then you got to get home and fill all these orders and ship them out everywhere. Like that's, that's a lot for one guy to take on. Yeah, for sure. And I actually just got done making this hoodie. Like I, I literally just came back up from, I have my heat press and everything downstairs and I just got some logos in that I left from Portland, but yeah, like making the hoodies, filling the orders, and then you have multiple orders. You have people texting you that they want to maybe change their order when you already packaged it. Like it's, oh, yeah. there's, it can get mentally exhausting, especially when you have, like you said, the workouts and the skates and you still have your hockey career to focus on. It's, it definitely got mentally draining for me last summer. And I kind of, you know, I put a lot of pressure on myself and I expect a lot out of myself. So um, when, you know, I was taking all of that on, uh, I kind of had to step back a little bit. <clears throat> now, do you think, 
I mean, just your play style on the ice being the energy guy, you know, gets the boys fired up, like always seem to be going a hundred miles an hour every time you're out there. I mean, that and the fighting style, do you think that translates to your business the way that you're running that? Um, yeah, a little bit. I kind of like on the ice, I, I expect a lot out of myself and, you know, I always want to give it a hundred percent every shift because, you know, you never know if you can get scratched or if you can get hurt or whatever. So I always try to give it my all. And like, uh, in this, you can't start slacking off or else you'll miss an order or you'll miss something and, you know, stuff can go south really quick. So yeah, I'd say like, like the hard work aspect I kind of generate from, uh, or try to generate from my game. I try to put into my business as well, but you know, I also try to balance it. And when it's not balanced, I, I kind of have to, you know, reflect and see where I'm at and, you know, kind of take care of what's the main priority. What kind of tricks do you use to kind of reset yourself if you feel like you're getting overwhelmed, you know, stressed with everything in life, you know, not feeling great about your game or something with the business? Do you have any, you know, simple little tricks that you do that kind of help you refocus, realign, check the mental um, health, that sort of stuff? Yeah, so... If stuff's getting really, really stressful, my first uh, my first thing I try to do is, okay, how can I fix it? Um, is it controllable? I remember somebody said that to me that I kind of took in. And I'll kind of try, you know, they say breathing exercises. I'll talk to some friends if, you know, I'm feeling down or if I'm in the dumps. I'll, I'll always try to make sure to talk to somebody because I, I don't like keeping things bottled in. I've, I've learned that. Um but yeah, I try, I try just look at how things are going. If things are going smooth, then, you know, keep doing what you're doing. If things are going rocky and if, you know, I'm getting overwhelmed with a lot of stuff that I'm doing, I'm, I'm going to be like, okay, well, what can I focus on first? What can I cut out? Um, how can I just, you know, you have to enjoy it too. You have to enjoy playing hockey. You have to enjoy, you know, making these clothes. It can't just become, oh, I have to do this. So if something stops being fun, I try to make sure I'm making, you know, myself have fun doing it. So uh, if I'm having a tough few games, I'll kind of see, all right, what could have I done better? Uh, how could have I, you know, played a lot better in this shift? What could have I done right here? I, I'll kind of look back at video and reflect on the game. You can talk to the coaches. I have, uh, you know, a sports psychologist slash, uh, slash therapist I like to talk to if things go wrong. Um, you know, I, you know, for me, it's always just trying to talk to somebody and, you know, get input. But also I try to like to reflect and see how things are going for myself because uh, I can definitely get into my own head and I can let my thoughts run wild. And, you know, I, I definitely try to get that handled as, as quick as I can when it does happen. And like I said, I just like to talk to family, friends and, you know, sports psychologists and therapists because, you know, without that, without doing that, you know, your mental health can go down. And you know, I like to keep mine in order. Yeah, dude, I can relate to you there with, the, you know, keeping it in check, putting a good priority on it, but certainly, you know, letting thoughts go crazy. I've been there, man. Yeah, but for sure. That's, that's good. You know, keeping that in check, that's, that's awesome. I think as much as it's talked about more now, I think it's always good to just, like, casually just refresh everybody's brains collectively. Like, just, you know, it's – you have to take that time. You have to put a focus on that stuff. But yeah, man, man, that's awesome. I wanted to touch on as before we continue to, 
I know you had a post recently on Instagram with um, some of the Ethan Baird stuff with, you know, talk a little bit about that with, because I mean, that was awesome to see. I mean, I played lacrosse growing up as well as hockey. You know, I've played some box on the, the res out here in, in Western New York. Yeah, I've had some teammates you know, from Native American or indigenous background, right? But yeah, you know, talk about what that, that meant to you. And just, you know, I'm sure that was awesome to see. And, you know, just kind of talk a little bit about that because I found it really interesting and cool. Yeah, so Ethan grew up on Ochapaway's First Nation, which is literally about an hour away, hour and a half away from um, my reserve at Kiskus. And he grew up playing hockey kind of um, with my brother in the same area. Uh, he uh, he won some tournaments with my brother, always played in a lot of Native tournaments. We always knew he was really good. I know the family really well, the Bear family. I played uh, I played hockey for a few years with his cousin Josh. I know um, his cousins Kyla and Jordan really well. His family, like I can go on and on. He has an amazing family that are extremely supportive of him. So, you know, before it kind of got big, I saw a lot of people on, you know, my own social media and Facebook kind of bashing Ethan. And I was like, okay, like this is starting to get out of hand, but it's not, it's not, where it is and then i started looking more and more and even more hate comments and these comments were coming out and i you know you just you don't like to see that and then it started to become big and you know more and more of these messages came out and i said okay like i want to try to use my voice and i know a lot of indigenous hockey players look up to ethan the way i do because ever since he got drafted to seattle and you know he won the whl championship with seattle I've always looked up to him as a role model when he got drafted to Edmonton, the area here went, went nuts because, you know, everybody wants to get drafted to the Oilers around here. A lot of people are Oilers fans in Saskatchewan and uh, especially for Ethan being Indigenous. So he was definitely a huge role model to a lot of Indigenous youth. And I just wanted to make, uh, I just wanted to try to do my part. And uh, I credit, uh, you know, all the people who were in the video and helped me make that. It was huge of them to step up and use their voice. We had, you know, future NHL draft picks and NHL draft pick. Um, we had guys who are going to go play college. Uh, Kyla and Jordan Bear, the twins, they're going to go play in RIT in Rochester, Div 1 next year. That's actually their cousin or their cousins. Um, so, um, yeah, I just wanted to do – whatever I could uh, let Ethan know that he wasn't alone in this fight with racism with uh, us indigenous hockey players. And I wanted to let him know that we had his back. Good on you, man. It was awesome to see a uh, shout out to his cousins too, coming up to RIT yeah. tutor five minutes down the road from uh, where I grew up actually where my parents live. Uh, yeah. RIT hockey's they're huge out there. Um, you know, and the college that I went to about an hour away from there plays in the same division so i'm sure i'll get to watch them play and uh those are a couple names i'm gonna definitely have uh circled to uh get out there and check out can yeah. we expect a play style much like yours with them Keyshawn? chuck and nux okay i don't think you could chuck nux but kyle no, and jordan <laughs> are pretty gritty like they're yeah. their brother their brothers are both pretty tough their dad's pretty like not a mean guy obviously but when he plays <laughs> hockey he's a like they're all gritty so i've seen them handle their own they're like my little sisters kyla and jordan so 
you know, I, I have nothing but great things to say for them. And RIT has two good players coming in that, you know, they can handle their own if anything goes south. <laughs> I love to see it. That's great. That's that's awesome to hear. Great, great programs. And, you know, from your seat, that's got to be incredible to watch, right? I mean, you've obviously made it to a pretty high level thus far in, in your career, but just seeing friends of yours as well succeed and yeah, for sure. Like, and really, uh, uh, you know, spread spread out. Yeah. So, like I said, I played uh, I played hockey with Jordan and Kyla's older brother Josh, and uh, Josh's older brother Kirk played hockey with my brother. So we've kind of we've had family ties for a while, and um, you know, growing up, they're always the little twins running around the rink watching their brothers play <laughs> hockey, and then. Uh, when we when we went to go play in that uh, national Aboriginal hockey championship, they um, they were there. I think two of the three years I was there, so you know they became like my little sisters while we were there. And uh, just knowing that family for so long, um, me and Josh were like brothers. I know Kirk and Caleb, their their brother were they were really close with mine, and you know we all became pretty close. I I know what kind of players they are, and they're gonna have bright futures. So. You know, I'm extremely proud of them, and you know, RIT is gonna—they're gonna have two really good hockey players, and I'm sure they're gonna have a time down there. For sure, man. I wanted—you know—I'm I'm seeing this pattern. You know, you—you talking about where you grew up, and you know, we're talking about your—you're you're the energy guy. The you know, you—you you can chuck them, but in a way, that's like—you know, obviously, that's you kind of protecting your teammates. You know, your family is. That clearly to me seems like something, you know, you've talked about your home life as well as your play style. Am I right in thinking that like you kind of carry over, you know, you take pride in your family, you look after your people, oh, yeah. your friends, your family. It, you seem to, it's a direct correlation to your, how you play the game. Am I seeing that right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, obviously you wouldn't be where you are without your family and your friends. So um, I try I try to do my best to uh, make sure they're taken care of. I, you know, I, I check up on, I check up on my old brother a lot. My brother gives me calls, you know, it's kind of goes both ways. So, uh, you know, I love my family for sure. And on the ice, uh, you know, I don't let anybody touch our star players to our rookies. Like it doesn't matter who you are on the team. I'll, I'll stick up for you. And, you know, like with the team we have in Portland, that's kind of the standard, whoever, if somebody gets hit like that, you know, you're going to, whether it's a hit or a fighter you go up to him you're going to stick up for your teammate because you know in that dressing room you're with each other every day and you're you're a family there so um with me i've growing up i've seen how my brother's bodyguarded a lot of a lot of his teammates so i kind of wanted to be the same kind of guy when you know i'm playing in the game or i'm on the ice i i want you to know that if you hit my player that there's going to be consequences whether you know i get beat up or i beat you up there's whatever happens i don't care how the outcome is as long as i stick up for my teammates because you know that's that's one of the most important things to me it's it's cool hearing you say that too because that was the impression even before we started talking tonight that i got going back to um a little a little scrap you had with a guy named cade mcnally yeah um just exactly what you kind of described there one of your teammates um fired a breakout pass to uh another forward in the neutral zone dude took just a 
big high hit. Shout out to Tags for that suicide uh, pass. Oh my god. Oh my god. I mean, literally, I mean, this kid, Benny, I don't know. I don't know if Derek can pull up this video, but I mean, the just an absolute hospital pass across the middle. Yeah, I think and, I think we find him for that. Because he's a rookie. He's, he's uh, a good kid, but you know, he's he's a rookie making a breakout pass. That's a I think that was a play we we kind of been running against other teams because they're the other teams D we were playing. Uh, before they kind of separate so yep. the wingers would go up the wall and try bring the d-men but uh you know the guy who got hit was a rookie and i think he just tried to follow his route and go up the middle and he's kind of looking back and then i saw who hit him and my first reaction when he got hit was oh shit like that was a big hit i gotta go up to the guy and then i saw the name on the back of the jersey and i was just like oh, so, so is this is this kid uh Kate, is, he, is he basically i mean he's six two he's a big dude but yeah right there yeah and then yeah. you immediately just beeline it for him yeah so mcnelly is an animal oh, in our geez. league he's known as probably top three tough guys in the league and you know i've had some chirping going on with him throughout my whl career and you know he's a physical hockey player like i call him and tyrell bauer the twin towers i think McNally, he has over 20 fights in the Western League. So whenever we play Seattle, that's our biggest rival. Uh, I I always wanted to try fight McNally or Bauer. And, yeah, shout out to Kegs for this absolute death penalty. But, yeah, McNally's the type of guy to cut across and make a big hit because, you know, he tries to fire up his team. And I kind of saw who it was there. And I, I kind of grabbed him when we were holding on to each other. And my first reaction was like, oh, my after like screw it let's go and yeah. i uh, i did better than i thought no like as i've seen how we spot johnny ludwig our tough guy from last year and i actually ended up uh, like i don't like want to try brag but i i cut his eye open and you know i did a lot better than i thought it was against mcnally because he's a nail gun so um yeah so that was like like i said i i saw our rookie forward get blown up and I, I saw it was McNally and I just wanted to do as best as I could in the fight. But you know, he's, I a, love, he's a tough guy. I love to immediately after the refs separate you, you start to skate over to the box and you just point at your bench and get the boys going. I mean that so that video right there, as soon as you said what you were talking about with protecting your teammates, standing up for those guys. I'm like, that's exactly it right there, right? Rookie yeah. rookie takes a hit across the middle. You go after the biggest guy on the ice, and then you're pointing at your teammates, letting them know you got their back after that on your way to the box. Like, that's just good stuff. Yeah, I think it was early in the game, too, and I, I'm pretty sure we had a slow start. So uh, after that, I just looked at the boys. I was like, hey, let's go. Uh, <laughs> like, get, we, get it going. Yeah, like, like let's go now, and then <laughs> – um, the boys fired it up, so I, I'm not. I can't remember if we won that game or not, but um, I, I definitely that was one of my favorite fights. And even, you know, if it was a packed house, it, it would have been probably one of my favorite moments. But yeah, it was it was definitely fun. And I'm I'm hoping that rookie forward is okay after that hit, right? I didn't see if he got up right away, but yeah, he he bounced right back up. But right when I got back to the to the box, guys were like coming over to me. I went right over to Bev, and I was like, "Are you all right?" He was like. He's kind of like he talks like he's out of it all the time. He's like, "Yeah, like I'm fine, man. It just kind of hurt a little bit." I was like, 
You look like you almost died, man. All right, fine. <laughs> sure. All right, nice. Kept the composure. That's good. Yeah, like you know, I, I, I didn't look at him. I thought he was dead for one. <laughs> I thought the guy needed a hospital bill after that. But uh, I, lo- I watched the fight right after, and he just popped right back up. So he's a, he's a trooper for that. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, you looked great in that fight, though. I, just you can tell as soon as you re- go over and you grab each other. I'm like, oh, this this reach is gonna be a problem. <laughs> but yeah, he looked good, man. Good I try I good. try to not let anybody string me out because yeah, it's pretty bad if they have a reach advantage like that. But that's uh, no man's land for sure. Yeah, for sure. And I tried to get inside as as quick as I could, and I I definitely feel like I could have had a better outcome on that fight if I didn't fall over and. You know, I was riding the adrenaline, and I kind of, like, slipped yeah. up a little bit. So, yeah, but, you know, shout out to McNally for giving me that fight, I guess. I don't know. I always wanted to fight him, but I just I didn't think it was going to come under that circumstance of him killing one of my teammates. But, yeah, he's a tough guy for sure. Awesome. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, too. I This is kind of something I'm always interested in also. You know, pregame rituals. Are you – do you got any you want to share that are kind of quirky and unique? Do you think? Are you pretty boring? You don't really have one. Like, what's no, kind of your approach a, to pregame? I've got a few rituals. Oh, um, here we go. So I'll start out right from when I get home. So it was kind of weird uh, this season. So our games were at five rather than seven. So I'd get home and I'd either have a pregame nap, and if that went well, because sometimes when I have a pregame nap, my like I get foggy because I either slept too long or I'm still like in a daze, whatever. So um, I kind of would, I'd either play Warzone to get my brain going. A lot of people say don't, don't play video games, but that would kind of get my brain going that or chill. And I'd either do that or I'd nap. And then I'd go to Starbucks at two o'clock, grab my iced peach green tea with lemonade and a coffee cake warmed up. Then I'd get to the rink, do the normal stuff. Our team would do a team warm-up. Then we'd go throw the pucks on the ice on the bench, and I'd always throw four or seven. And I last year I'd throw them at the time 34-29, 34-16, and uh, – or, yeah, 34-34, 34-29, and 34-16. Could you try guess why? Say those numbers again. Okay, 3429, 3434, uh-huh. 34, and 3416. I feel like it's a trick question, but I have no idea. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have it. Matthews, Nylander. And- oh. Oh, yeah, so man. Yeah. So, yeah, I didn't, right. I didn't, even, get to, didn't even get to ask you that. So, you're a Leafs guy, though. Yeah, I'm a Leafs guy. Oh, buddy. Jeez, wow. Derek, he is in the dumps with us. Yeah, tough, tough week yeah. for you, but uh, we can get to that after the rest of your pregame here. Yeah, so after I throw the pucks, I'll go in. Uh, like, I'll, I'll have my tape or my stick taped already, whatever, just whenever I do it kind of thing before. And when I start getting dressed, I'll, you know, we have heart rate monitors. I'll throw that on. If I need any medical attention, I'll go do that. And then I always get my bottom house on left to right. And then on my top half is right to left. I don't know. It's it's kind of weird. It usually just ends up like that. Then if I see myself going right to left, I'll be like, okay, I need to redo this. And I'll go left to right. <laughs> kind of yeah. been doing it since a kid. So I, I don't know. I haven't stopped. But uh, other than that, yeah, I'll, 
in warm-ups, I'll do the same thing I usually do. Uh, you know, do the big body check along the glass with the guys. Water, uh, kind of same route every game. But, yeah, that's about it for me. Then it's game time. That's awesome. I should I should clear up. I like to ask that question because even though I only played public high school hockey in Western New York here, I played some AAA. Yeah. I was a nutcase about pregame ritual stuff, so just how I did certain things, and I didn't even play relevant hockey. So I think it's always fascinating, especially when I get get guys like you on, where we're asking, you know, you're in good leagues and stuff like that. I always yeah. like to brains if they want to share. I think it's fascinating. Yeah, we have yeah we have a lot of guys who have their pregame rituals and take them really seriously. Like uh, draft pick that's going to be coming up in this year's draft, Simon Knack. He is actually on the all-star team for our Western League division this year. Uh, he takes his pregame rituals really seriously. And, you know, he wears his skate guards out every time he goes so he doesn't get any nicks. He <laughs> makes sure he does his stretches and everything. Like, he's really serious about it. And he's uh, he's a, definitely a professional already. Wow. He's That's a Euro, awesome. too, so. Uh, where, where, where is he from? Switzerland. Switzerland. Yeah. Skater. What a beautiful country. Oh, yeah. I, I wish I could be from Switzerland, man. I'm from Saskatchewan. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, man. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. What, so, I mean, I know you touched that. I liked that that little nugget, too. Warmed up coffee cake. Has yeah. to be warmed up. It has to be warmed up. Oh, that's wow. nice. And if I get to the rink, like, I won't eat it till I get to the rink. and I. Do you um, have to reheat it then? Yeah. Oh, geez. So why do you even oh, get it warmed wow. in the first place? Still stays a little bit warm. If traffic <laughs> so isn't bad, it usually, it usually depends on traffic in Portland. If traffic is oh, bad, then I'll okay. have time for it to be warm. But, like, I'll get a warmed-up coffee cake if we're going on the bus or, like, if, we walk in, if we're walking to the rink on, uh, on like, a, you know, an away game just to get mm-hmm. the bus legs out and we stop at Starbucks, I'll always get a warmed-up coffee cake. Love it. Love coffee. And it's just softer when you get it warmed up and you have to oh, yeah. eat it. No, yeah. I was just poking your brain on the, on the yeah, bike. Has to, be, has to be warmed up. That's so funny. Um, but yeah, what's – um? I know Toots kind of touched on it, you know, with the the, the Leafs players there, but were, did you grow up a Leafs fan then? Was that like a family thing or did you go rogue on that? Uh, okay, no. So in like 05 – to the last cup they won, I was a Penguins fan, and in 2016, all right, that's that's me. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I'm I was sorry a, we I was, couldn't keep you. Yeah, no, it was it was a great run, but it was because Crosby and Malkin were my all-time favorite players. You know, when they had Colby Armstrong, Flower, Mark. Oh yeah, like I can go on with those guys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was a die-hard Pens fan, and then they won their last cup, and you know, Malkin, Crosby, Latang, they're starting to get older and in 2016 fun fact i was actually a line a over matthews guy for half a season and then (laughs) one guy that one guy that brought me over to the leafs was william nylander oh Um, yeah i kind of i i bought the nhl center ice package in 2016 or yeah around 2016 17 around there and i started watching pens games and they just weren't that interesting to me like, anymore. Like I kind of lost that spark as a fan from when I was a kid. So I started watching like Nylander and Matthews and 
uh, like no discredit to Marner, but everybody loves Mitch Marner. But I, uh, yeah, I became a huge Nylander fan, even through the whole contract stuff. When people are bashing him, I love Nylander through and through. Uh, Matthews, I was a huge fan of him and how he was changing the game. So it, it helped that, uh, my first ever Bill mom was a huge Leafs fan. So she kind of brought me over to the, over to the, I guess, dark side, but the blue um, side. Yeah. The blue side. The so blue side. Yeah. We watched a lot of Leafs games together and, uh, yeah, I, I kind of started liking the Leafs when I saw how good Nylander was becoming and how good Matthews was. And then they signed Tavares and I got called a bandwagoner, but you sure. know, until they, well, are you a bandwagoner if you're a fan of the most cursed team in the league? Like, yeah, exactly. So yeah, let's be careful with that word. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, we're throwing. I mean, a couple this, fans over this, here. Yeah, right? right. But this Thank year, you. this year's team. Um, yeah, I mean, and Matthews too. Um, what I didn't realize, and I think I sent this to you and Derek in our group message, Benny, but. I didn't realize that this year Austin Matthews leading the league in goals was the first time an American born player won the rocket Richard. Yeah. It's nuts. Like I like Keyshawn, would you have guessed that? Like I'm, I'm running through the list in my head and like, obviously it's a Canadian heavy league for however long you've got some great Russian and European players as well. But I would have thought some point an American would have won it. I just thought I could have swore Patrick Kane won it. That's what really surprised me. Yeah, I for the that was the rocket, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so I, Kane would have got the scoring title, but not goals. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I definitely would have thought an American player won it. I knew he was the first Leaf to win the Rocket Richard, but yeah. I didn't. I didn't know he was the first American. That's actually crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, but like, where was oh. that in playoffs? Yeah, the, I don't. <laughs> it was it was one of those things too when they were up three to one. You're like, all right, like this year's the year they get out of the first yeah. round. And then what? As soon as Game Seven started, I was sitting there watching it. I was like, yeah, Carey Price is just playing out of his Dude, mind that's, again that's today. What it was though, that like Carey Price decided the puck's not going in. I don't really. <laughs> I don't know how much you can. I understand the Toronto media is going to go bonkers on them. I'm sure I can't even imagine what that's like over there for the them right now. But, but they were getting chances and good right. chances. Carey yeah. Price yeah. just decided nobody Carey was scoring. Uh, after, after game five, after they lost game five, I was like, okay, they need like they need to win game six. In my head, whoever wins game six is winning the series. And they lost and they went to game seven. And I just had a bad gut feeling. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Just the recent history with how things have been, I can totally relate to that. It's like on a sadder level, it's like when the Sabres have a good start to the season for two months. I just like, okay, I'm just waiting. That that pit in my stomach comes because I yeah. know the descend is just right around the corner. Yeah, I was happy with how Nylander played though. I was yeah. No, that's just, a great sign too. Just from how much hate he's been getting up until like last year and yeah. this year uh i was i was pretty happy he was he wasn't one of the guys you know they were calling him overpaid at what is it 6.9 mil and i'm pretty sure he tied for league or leading the goals for the leafs and you know you have marner who has i think 11 million and math or i don't know somewhere around that crazy range and you know he's producing more than them same with jason spets who makes you know you can get 15 jason spets with one mitch marner and you know, Marner can't score a goal. Spezza has four. So I don't know what's going to happen in Toronto. I'm not a GM. That's why I'm a player and I'm not a coach or a GM, whatever. But 
you know, they, I really hope they figure it out because, you know, I want to see them make it past the first round. Yeah. I want that, that Leafs Sabres rivalry back. Like, yeah, no doubt. How disappointing has that just been for like, you know, with Eichel there with Matthews there, like yeah. how sick would that? And it's just, and, not... you, and you really thought that was going to be such a huge thing with, with both of those guys in the league. You're talking two young superstars that play two hours away from each other. Yeah. Like, Oh, I'm going happened, I guess, but right. That too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I wish there was more hype around that too. That's yeah. all right. After, after COVID, um, you know, if you if you've got gaps in playing, we'll just have to get you out here and we'll uh, go to a, go to a Leaf Sabers game in Buffalo and then shoot down the road. Watch the uh, RIT team in action. You know, oh, yeah. little, little hockey I'd have trip. To bring my mama Kai. She's a huge Leafs fan. I'd have to bring oh. her with me too. Oh. Bring her, of course. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, after COVID, when you know Eichel's a Leaf and Marner's a Saber. Uh, i'll take it i'll take it at this point honestly you might you might might be a gm someday yeah look at that maybe on shelf (laughs) oh man well look Keyshawn, this has been great um we could probably go another hour but we'll have you back on for sure this is awesome 100% i knew this was going to be fun but exceeded my expectations man this was great thanks for joining us but dude plug anything you want to plug your socials i'm good anything i'm fine you plugged everything yeah i've I've plugged everything all right we'll make sure to tag you in all the posts and everything but we appreciate your time good luck this off season and dude we'll stay in touch for sure yeah for sure thanks for having me boys it was was definitely a pleasure thanks for coming on Keyshawn. we'll uh, definitely be in touch all right thanks for listening everybody we'll see you Peace.